Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Pat. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Transformation Talk Radio, and uh, all of the other channels out there that are on our network and uh, the Transformation Network. Thank you so much for tuning us in and turning us on. And as we like to say, if you want to find out more about me, just go to the thedrpatshow.com. Uh, if you want to find out about all our other hosts, go to transformationtalkradio.com. And then today, if you want to tune in, and discover what it's like to take a journey through time. My journey through time. Dina Miriam joining me here today. She is the author of My Journey Through Time, a spiritual memoir of life, death, and rebirth. So we're going to have quite an amazing conversation with Dina in a moment. But first, let me say hi to Benny. Hi, hi Benny. Hi, hi, hi. Yeah, how you doing? Good, good. Another hour upon us. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Just another hour, just another hour, pure joy and fun and all of the above. Boom. That's how we like it. That's how we like it. Um, you know, today, Benny, we get to talk with Dina about her own personal journey, but she and I have something interesting in common. You know, uh, she also began working in the interfaith movement in the late 90s, right, when she served as the vice chair of the Millennium World Peace Summit, Religious and Spiritual Leaders, that was held at the United Nations in New York. Uh, and what we have in common, do you remember, Benny, when we launched Interfaith Talk Radio? Was that about 10 years ago now? Yeah, about that. It's That's right. Uh, Rabbi Ted, uh, Brother Jamal, and Pastor Bob, I think it was, yeah. Then the three amigos both did a show on uh, called Interfaith Radio, and then they wrote a book. Well, today uh, we have somebody joining us that knows a lot about what that means to bring people together from across traditions to demonstrate, you know, what's happening in the world where we're looking at finding this positive transformation you know, more of what we have in common, but yet honor each other's diversity. And how is that happening? It's happening because there is a shift happening in the world, both energetic, both spiritual, as you will hear today, but most importantly, because we're talking about talking about things that have to do with past lives, that have to do with our soul, that have to do with the journey on this earth that have to do in what we believe. Today, Dean is joining us here. It's going to recount through this book, but also memories of seven previous births in different parts of the world, different cultures and religions. So we get to see how these themes emerge. I've often wondered for myself, 
you know, what is it about me that grew up in an Italian family from the Bronx that is so fascinated by ancient Sanskrit? There's nothing logical that I could think about that would explain that. But guess what? Dina has a different answer and an answer to explain a lot of these. Dina, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Pat. It's great to be here. And I know the Interfaith Amigos. I've worked with them. Yes. Are they cool? (laughs) Right. Oh, they're wonderful. 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 You know, when we did that show, um, let's just say it wasn't popular to bring people of different religions together to do anything uh, back then. And uh, didn't even didn't even flinch about it. You know, they wanted to do a show. Um, I had him on as guest, finally launched the radio show. But it was fascinating to watch the backlash from doing something like that. But I don't mm. think you're shy when it comes to backlash from bringing people together, regardless of what they believe from a spiritual and a religious tradition. Right. You're, you're, um, you know exactly true. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working at it for 20 years, but I must say, as, as you said at the introduction, I've seen a huge shift in the interfaith yeah. movement in the last 20 years. Yeah. And very hopeful. Very hopeful. Um, yeah. I want to talk about your book for a minute, My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. You can write a book like this now today. You can get on radio shows like this. You can talk about this. And what now happens is there are more people that understand what you're talking about, may not know how to get connected like you are, but are not second guessing themselves anymore. Can I ask you, as you travel, talk about your book, as you talk to people face to face, what is the response you're getting uh, from this? Well, I, I'm actually so pleasantly surprised at what a, mm. a positive response that I'm getting. You know, these memories started coming to me over 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and I sat with them for a long time, and, I mean, they, they kept coming and coming and coming, going further back in time, and I didn't talk to many people about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even people I was close to, because you know, it, it, I I was very aware since I I have a lot of responsibility in the world and I work with all different kinds of people. Uh, my family is in the business uh, world. I was very aware that people might think it's a little bit way out there, but I felt that the moment was right now, and that's why I decided to go public with these memories um, because there's been enough of a shift. I read a forum, a, a Pew Forum poll that said that 25 of American Christians believe in reincarnation. It's a lot of people. So it is um, a lot I, of people, and, yeah. and I think it, that's a major, major shift. You major. know, and, and, yeah. yeah, but it doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen without action. And you have been one of the people that have stepped out there to bring a whole new level of awareness, right? Um, to the world. And I want to ask you about this. What scares well, you know, the most? I, I've, I've brought together, you know, the work mm-hmm. in the interface world, which, which is focused on either peace building or environmental themes, climate change, et cetera. And I've brought together evangelicals and people from India, Hindus and Buddhists. And I've made a point of, of making sure 
when I entered the interfaith world, it was really an Abrahamic conversation. Mm-hmm. It was it was the earliest days of the interfaith movement were between Christian denominations that was considered interfaith, and then the, the Jewish community was brought in, and then the Muslim community. So it was an, it was an Abrahamic dialogue. But I actually brought in Buddhists and Hindus, and that changed the whole nature of the conversation. And one of the evangelical leaders that I've worked with for a long time, he got very close to one of the Hindu leaders. They became like brothers, and he kept asking him questions. They'd speak for hours. He'd ask mm. him questions about karma, about, about reincarnation. And I've seen the change that's come about in this evangelical... He's still an evangelical leader. But um, the, the idea of talking about the divine as a she is no longer foreign to him. I've heard him refer to God as she. And, and right. that just wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. One of the things so, I love about this, though, too, is are you finding you have to explain yourself less? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see the word karma has become part of everyday conversation. Right. It wasn't that way 20 years ago, but now people talk about such and such a karma or they're taking bad karma or whatever. And, and so... Part of my interest in, in, in going back in time was to understand the workings of cause and effect. I mean, it, we know that cause and effect is a, is a law of the universe, but how does it work? It's a very, very complex and, and um, intriguing uh, system of, of, of uh, action and reaction. Mm. You know, when we take a look at my journey through time, And we are now reflecting, and this is your book, right? This is where you're sharing such exquisitely beautiful detail of what this is like. As we take a look at this, right? You know, there are so many, how should I say it, uh, scenarios that you talk about in here. Whether it's asking the question, who is a great mother of whom you speak, or uh, looking at certain elements uh, that are taught through certain religious traditions. The thing that I love about this is there seems to be now a new learning required for all of us so that we can get to the next level. Um, my mom used to say to me, um, she was a Southern Baptist uh, woman who was very interesting. She was a Southern Baptist that pretty much could have sat with any new thought leader and have held her own, right? Mm -hmm. But she used to say to us girls, she used to say to us, listen, you know, this journey here on earth is equally if not more important than the journey you'll take when you're not here. And none of us ever knew what she meant. How does our life today in our earth skin or how has your life in your previous earth skins, how has one helped you understand the next? Well, I think we create, just as our past has created our present, our present has created our future. And um, that awareness has made me much more mindful, I should say, of relationships that I have, difficulties in relationships, not wanting to leave things unsaid, not wanting to leave things, um, uh, you know, with 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 um, ill will, uh, wanting to be have as much, uh, you know, kind of clear up whatever difficulties that I have, so that I'm not carrying them into the future. 
and you can see when you begin, if you are able to look back, you can see how certain, um, why you're in certain situations, why you're doing the work that you're doing, why you're in certain relationships, and what you need to do to move on to the next stage of your evolution. Because it's a, it's a constant, I mean, we're, it's, it's, it's a learning process. You know, whatever comes mm-hmm. to us in life, it's meant to teach us something. It's not an arbitrary thing. Mm-hmm. We're meant to, to learn something so that we can grow. So what are those lessons? So it's made me much more mindful of the current circumstances in my life yeah. and also more thoughtful about the future that I want. What future mm-hmm. do I want to create for myself? Yeah. And this is really the question that is coming up for so many people. And, you know, this is what I love about this, Tina. When you you talk to people, it doesn't matter what the ages are, really. And I'm around a wide, wide range, you know, 10 years old uh, to uh, 93. And people are so energized by talking about the creation of things. We're going to take a short break. When we come back more with Dina Miriam, when we come back, we're going to talk with her about this journey, this journey through time. What is it about her journey through time that is so reflective on the stories and the expansive nature of the universe we live in today? Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. Please join us for a transformational conference with five, that's right, five of the leading pioneers in the fields of science and spirituality, all in one place. 
Join best-selling authors and teachers, Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Lynn McTaggart, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and Lee Carroll in both individual workshops as well as a weekend of keynote presentations and panel discussions. At this extraordinary event, you'll get to experience some of the brightest leaders of our world today, empowering you with groundbreaking new information, deep wisdom, and practical tools to transform your life. Come connect with others and expand your consciousness in beautiful Nanaimo on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, June 14th through 19th. For more information or to register for what some are expecting to be one of the best conferences of 2018, visit shalohaproductions.com. That's S-H-A-L-O-H-A productions.com. Or visit the individual speakers' websites. Welcome back, everyone. My journey through time, a spiritual memoir of life, death, death and rebirth. Dina Miriam joining me here today. Um, here's what I want to say about this book. Um, I was talking with Dina during the break, uh, and I, I said something really interesting. I said, you know, Dina, there are so many questions in the book, and I wonder what would happen if you simply just pulled out the questions. Of course, questions. I love questions. Um, but there's something else that I discovered about the book, which we're going to talk about. Before we do, how can people find out more about you and about the work you're doing in the world? as well as get a copy of their book. Let's get let's make sure everybody knows that first. Well, the book is on Amazon, uh, so you can just type in my name on Amazon or Journey Through Time. Uh, and the website, which um, covers all the work, and I think the book is advertised there, is um, the Global Peace Initiative of Women, gpiw.org. So we use the initials, gpiw.org, and that's all the work of the of the not of the NGO. Mm. My interface work. Yeah. Listen, I have a question for you, and it's gonna sound a bizarre question. The question really is, did you write this book? And what I mean by that is when I read the book, I am really struck by how easy it is to get caught in the middle of the action of the book. And so what I mean by did you write this book, did you write this book of conscious mind or or did you just get this like a download? Because it was a download. <laughs> that's what I mean. See, then, so I wasn't saying, oh, I'm like somebody else wrote the book. No, you know what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, I would be sitting in meditation and I'd be watching these scenes like being in a movie. And I knew who, who, which person I was in that movie. And I would just hear these conversations. It was like just getting a download. And then, you know, I'd get up and I'd write it down. And for a long time, these were just notes of conversations that, that I, I was I was hearing. And slowly, it would take several months, sometimes six months, for a full narrative of a particular life to come together because I was getting bits and pieces. And then I thought I'd reach the end. Um, there's one, there's one uh, life in India where I, I nearly drowned in the Ganga and I thought that was the end of the story. And I thought, my God, did I really throw myself into the Ganga and drown? That doesn't sound like me. And then mm. it was like sometime later that the rest of the story came through. I, did, I survived. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so it came like mm. that. Mm. But I'm really struck by it because it's so real. The writing, it's so real. Do you know what I mean? 
It's like it doesn't take much to become immersed in each each and every story. I transported myself. I mean, I, I was, I wouldn't say I did it consciously, but I was transported back to that moment in time. So the conversations, um, for example, there's a, there's a, a chapter on, on a life in Africa where I had this very important and precious relationship with a shaman, a woman uh, shaman there. And I, that presence came to me and I was conversing with her and I was hearing those conversations and she, she's, and I remembered her and, and it was like, one of the lessons for me in, in this process was that relationships survive. They don't disappear. If you have a powerful, important relationship with someone, especially on a spiritual level, that relationship stays with you. That's almost like an eternal bond. Those people mm-hmm. stay connected to you. And that was very uh, comforting for me to know people that you've loved in the past you're still connected to. Yeah. Let's take a journey together with our listeners. Um, tell us, if you don't mind, a little bit about each of these lifetimes. Um, well, the first first awareness, like the first memory that came to me was my previous birth, which was in Russia, uh, just around the turn of the 20th century, early early years of the 1900s. And I was a child when I had to, I was 14 years old when the revolution came and I was sent out of, I was sent out of um, Russia with the family jewels sewn into my dress. My parents stayed behind thinking they would follow. And the first series of memories showed, I, I remember being on the train and leaving my mother standing there and not knowing if I'd ever see her again. Mm. And then later, um, those and, and actually, there was a man currently in my life who triggered these memories. He began speaking to me in Russian, calling me by a Russian name, and, and suddenly the door opened. And then later, those, those jewels that I kept hidden waiting for my parents to get out of Russia, they never did, I ended up in Europe, were used to help um, the Jew, Jews, Jewish academics, escape Nazi Germany. And my first peace work in this life as Dina was in Israel and Palestine. And I remember standing in Israel when we did our first peace conference there in 2002 or 2003, wondering if any of the people there were the descendants of those people in Germany that my family money helped, uh, helped uh, lead to freedom. And so I saw an immediate connection. Here I was kind of unknowingly being the source of, of helping Jews get out of Nazi Germany. And then in my next birth, here I am trying to create peace between the Palestinians mm-hmm. and Israelis, unsuccessfully, of course. But, uh-huh. but that, was the, uh, uh, that was the impulse. And so I, there was a, a cause and effect, a karmic link there. Um, and then, of course, in that life uh, in Germany before I died, I met my, the man who was my teacher, Yogananda, um, and but he was just passing through, and I, I couldn't follow him. I, I died in Germany, actually in Prague. And in this life, I found him very early and became a student. So things things from that life carried over. But the question that lingered with me is, why was I born in Russia? Even though oh. I had a passion for Russian ballet and Russian literature, why was I born there? And I had to go back into my previous birth to understand why I was born in Russia. Mm. My previous birth was in the American South uh, during uh, 
just before this, the early part of the 19th century. And in that life, I had met uh, somebody from Russia who, who was a, a sort of a, a romantic relationship, but never never got together. And that's what led me to um, take birth in, in Russia. But then I said to myself, well, why was I born in the American South? I, didn't, I don't feel a connection, really. And I had to go back to my previous birth in Africa when um, a child of mine was kidnapped by slave traders and taken to the to the U.S. That I had that I realized why I followed him. So one life leads to the next, and then what you what you create in that life leads you to the next. And so those three lives really had a had a, a pattern that linked them together. So I began to see patterns emerge. You know. It wasn't, it wasn't arbitrary. There was a reason why I was born here, a reason why I then went there, and then a reason why I was born in this country, in this life, in the U.S. And so um, it's the pattern that intrigued me, because that's really uh, uh, helping to understand how this law of causation works, of cause and effect. Mm. So, you know... I just wanted to add that, that nothing yeah, is please. arbitrary and nothing is imposed on us. We are the shapers of our own destiny. And when you have the realization that you are the shaper of your destiny, nobody's sending you to heaven or hell, you yourself are creating your future, that changes things. Yeah. You know, this is really for for us. We wonder sometimes, you know, we stop and we wonder and we think, why am I feeling that way? Why am I attracted to that? You know, these kinds of questions, you know, where folks are generally in awe. When we come back from break, one of the things I want to talk with you about is the answers. You know, what is it about our life's journey? What is it about how we get here today uh, and have items that we pay more attention to in this lifetime that don't necessarily make sense to us and don't necessarily make sense to our friends? When we come back, Dean is going to connect the dots for us and talk about this pattern, this, this tapestry that gets created from one's various life to another. And then the next question is, are we on an island all ourselves or do we take these journeys sometimes with another? Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, let you know how you can get a copy of the book find out more about Dina, all of the above. We're going to take a short break and be right back. Hi, I'm Barbara Scheidegger, clinical hypnotherapist and founder of Swiss Hypnotherapy. My goal is to help you to reach your goal. And this is a tip with purpose. Everybody wants it and nobody has enough of it. But it comes to a point that you have to tell yourself, I can get more. I want more. I deserve more. I'm talking about money. More money, more money, more money. That's what people want. But what has to be done? Your thoughts have to change. That you can allow yourself to tell yourself, I have money and I want more money. How much money? What is it? Put it out there. Write it down. What would you do with more money? How would you feel to have more money? 
I hope this tip helps you going through the day today. You can reach me at 323-999-4775 or at my website at swisshypnotherapy.com. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit SpiritFireRetreatCenter.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit EmpoweringEnergy.com. That's Empowering with letters N-R-G.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBenton.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. My journey through time, a spiritual memoir of life, death, and rebirth. And the other thing I would like to say about the book is there's so many teachings in here, you know, so many things. Um, and, and Dina, the way that you, you've described each scenario, each interaction, each person, the way they felt, the situation they were in, the questions they asked, um, the questions that you asked, um, I, I, I remember one dialogue early, I think it was earlier in the book about magic. Was that magic? You know, mm-hmm. was it not magic? I, I mean, there's so much here that when I think about this, I think about how great it is that you can write a book that those of us that read it will start to think wow, do I have something showing up in the world today that I pondered that doesn't feel like it's of this world, but yet feels like it's supposed to be here. And I I wanted to talk with you a little bit about that because it also has to do with something we were talking about during break. Sometimes other people take this journey with us and yet we can have a sense of the dots being connected, but sometimes we cannot put it all together ourselves. Like I was telling you, I don't know why 
I like Russian classical music. I mean, even as a young child, my parents thought, oh my God, we got to take her to therapy. But, but there's no logical explanation. What are the signs that folks can look for? I think I've seen it um, in my own children when they're young. Um, they're, the children give many clues to what they're bringing into the world uh, from an early age. Um, you can see it in, in, in there's very strong attractions to certain things or the things that, that they say uh, that just come out of their mouth. So I think up until you really begin to get um, kind of integrated into your current life, maybe around the age of eight or nine, uh, kids are demonstrating many preferences that they've brought with them. Um, and you can also see clues what their interests might, how they might further an interest. But I think as an adult, uh, we most of, most of us are so engaged in our current life that we don't, um, we don't step back and reflect on the relationships that could be clues. I, I had one uh, couple friend uh, and they just had, they had the ideal relationship. And I kept saying to them, you two are just an ideal couple. You never fight. You respect each other. You give each other space. Everything was just so beautiful about that. And they looked at me and they said, we've been working on this relationship for many lifetimes. It oh. wasn't always so easy. <laughs> so, um, so I think that when you have an easy, comfortable, very familiar relationship with someone, that's something that you've, that's something that's come with you from the past. And mm -hmm. if you have a difficult relationship with some someone, that's something that's been left unfinished. And, you know, I'm always looking to what's the, what's the teaching in that? Well, finish it so you don't bring it. Or if yeah. you do manifest it in the future, it's a more harmonious situation. Um, don't leave these rough edges, you know. Tend to what needs to be tended. You'll create a better future for yourself. Uh, yeah. But I think that there are lots of clues in one's life uh, if if we're more reflective. Yeah, I mean, I think about this, uh, and and there are clearly some of the you know some of the stories you were telling in the book uh, remind me of um, different parts of my life where I've looked at, and I don't think I'm alone. I think if if you asked our listeners, you know, have you ever wondered why you have like this best friend you've had for like over forty years, right? You know, what is it about that connection we have to other people that moves us to a place in this lifetime that may come from another lifetime? How do we even begin to figure out if there's something that we're supposed to be doing here? Because it's like you said, right? You know, there may be people in your life today and that relationship is not going really well. How do we figure out what we're supposed to do? Well, I think it's it's not, I mean, people often say to me, you know, should I go digging into my past? And I say, no, because whatever is given to you, give it whatever yeah. you're supposed to have. Yeah. And so if, if you don't know the previous cause, then it's not so important for you. But what you can know is that if there's a, if there's a difficult relationship, it's much better to try to neutralize. It doesn't mean you have to become best, best whatever, but you can take out your reactions. If you're reacting negative to somebody you can uh, reduce that negative reaction and mm -hmm. make it a more neutral reaction. Um, and it obviously comes from the past, but it's also creating the future. If you haven't resolved that relationship, it's going to show up someplace again. Everything I, has to be, everything in one's life has to be resolved. If not now, 
than later. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about you in this present day and age for a minute. And because now having read the book and, and speaking with you, uh, it is so easy for me to say, of course, of course, she's the founder of an interfaith organization, the Global Peace Initiative of Women, like, of course. But I wanted to know uh, from your perspective, when did you know and how did you know that this was the life you were meant to have now? It was not a conscious choice. I was a writer oh. raising my kids. Uh-huh. And I, I, as it says in the book, I somehow got involved um, into organizing this big summit at the UN. And um, two, two things were apparent. One was there was no room for women. The women were given were sidelined. Okay. And, um, and even that, you know, I noticed it, but I, I didn't have such a reaction until the women started coming to me and saying, this is not right. We, you know, these are women religious leaders, but they didn't have the top positions. And because it was the UN, they wanted people from the top. So the mm-hmm. women were very unhappy about that and asked me to help them organize a follow-up. Well, when, when I started to recall these memories, I realized that had been an issue for me for a number of lifetimes. The sense of insufficiency as a woman, the sense that I didn't have the same um, spiritual training or access to the same spiritual training that men had or that I wasn't as capable. Um, and, and so my gradually, through, through, the t- through time, I began to focus more. You know, when I lived in the American South in the 19th century, I started a, a school for girls so they could have a proper education and not just learn etiquette, um, but, but, but learn and to develop their intellects. So I, I began to focus my energy from, from feeling insufficient as a woman to helping women develop their potential. And so here I am in this life creating a platform for women religious leaders who've been excluded from, from most of the global conversations. So it was a logical next step for me to focus on women. And also the peace issue had been with me in, numbers, in numerous lives where I had been in a position through marriage uh, between competing communities in Japan, between comp- competing clans uh, in India, between the Hindu and Muslim, or the, you know, young Hindu married off into a Muslim family. And, and so I, I had been in this unique situation of being able to be a bridge. And so here, when I found myself doing interfaith work and, and peace work, simply because I was called by others to help them establish something, it made perfect sense to me. Of course, it's the logical conclusion to what was begun centuries ago. I want to ask you this too, because you know the stories you share in the book. When I think about this, I often like to think about what do we learn from our past lives, and how is it we learn it? And what I mean by that is. You know, you wrote this book sort of from a stream of consciousness. You downloaded it, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. here, and, and as a result of of this, you've written a fabulous book. You know that helps us for many of us that have had completely unexplained relationships in a lifetime. It helps us understand we're not losing our mind, right? 
Uh, exactly. I'm a girl I from the Bronx. <laughs> you, you, I know you went through this, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm a girl from the Bronx. Why is it that I am so drawn to the indigenous culture that I am I'm part of a sweat lodge group? You know, what is it? It doesn't make logical sense, you see. But from my perspective, it's a feeling of coming home. And I think so many people experience this. How can we help them honor this, honor that that space that they're in? Yeah. I think when you've seen, to me, the, the the main question is, what are the teachings in this? I mean, just to have memories for the sake of memories, well, so what? But what did I learn from it? Mm-hmm. Once you have seen that you have been all cultures and all religions, it's very hard to have prejudice. Once mm-hmm. you ha- remember the experience of being an indigenous person, you connect with that, and you feel like you're part of that community still. And so you want to support their their efforts to whatever those efforts might be. And so I, it helps expand one's identity beyond the narrow um, circumstances in which this one life brings you. Um, you 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 can identify with many places and many periods. And once you've seen you've you've been rich, you've been poor, you've been this, you've been that. That's not what's brought happiness. Happiness is an internal function. And it has to do with your understanding of your life situation and who you are and coming into greater uh, awareness of who you are. So all of these uh, insights are to help us grow into greater awareness of our true nature and to expand beyond identity with one limited life. Mm. Uh, a question, how, does, how, does our, how do our past lives affect our current family. So here's what I want to say about that. You know, a lot of times we think about past lives and we see ourselves as a person, an individual. And yet we know we're not in the world. We don't have our own planet. So we're we're here with other people. And when we look at the people that are in our lives now, you know, what is it that sort of triggers for us? And we get that sense, oh my gosh, I've known you all my life, or I know I know you. I know I know you. That feeling is that past life. And when we feel that strongly, what do we do about that? I think it's definitely an indication when you Mm -hmm. feel immediately close to somebody or when there's just a deep bond, you know, uh, a a high level of comfort, then that's not a new relationship. That's a relationship that's been cultivated in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, these these um, experiences can cause confusion. I recount in the book, yeah. there were two experiences of men that I met from, from previous um, births who triggered memories, and I thought I was going to be in a relationship with them. Oh, God, we feel close. We feel this intimate. I, I was divorced. Um, the, the, the person I'm talking about was divorced. It, what happened was when the when the purpose of that relationship was fulfilled, it dissolved. There was no need to go back in time and and to fulfill something that where there had already been um, a completion, or just a little bit was needed to bring it to completion. But it was not meant to become a lifetime partnership. And there were momentary uh, times when I was confused about that. Oh, I see this person from the past. I'm meant to get together with that person. No, you've already. That's behind you. 
finish what needs to be done and move on. <laughs> so um, these things can cause confusion, but I think that, that um, one has to see the clues, but then stay very focused on what one's mm-hmm. present life is. And I think mm-hmm. the reason why these memories are blocked for most people is because it, it could be confusing and distracting. One yes. has to accomplish what your life's mission is, mm. this birth. What it, what, so for, for folks listening, there's so many questions, right? I, I have a couple of questions for you that I, I'm just curious about. One of them is, what is it that you discovered as you were getting this information that either really caused you some emotional feeling, some upset, some anxiety? Was there any scenario where, you know, you literally... Uh, got, felt out of sorts, really disturbed you of sorts? Well, there was, yes. Um, there were several, but I'll just mention one. Okay. Um, in this life, I've had a difficult relationship with my mother who's very materialistic mm-hmm. and not at all uh, sympathetic with spiritual inclinations, which I've had since childhood. When I we called my mother for my past birth, who um, I lost when I was 14, sent out of the country, um, she had been very spiritual, and we had a very strong bond between us. And I realized that my I was I was imposing that my expectations of my current mother, what I, I had lost in my previous birth. And so um, I went through a whole process of thinking that was unfair, and that I should just love my current mother for who she is, and not impose on her my um, memories of my previous mother to be close spiritually, to have her understand me spiritually, etc. So once I saw that, it totally changed my relationship with my current mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, It made me just accept her for who she was and not expect anything different from her. Of course, I don't have these kind of conversations. She doesn't know about the book. Um, uh, You know, it's just, it's, you know, it's just (laughs) what it is. But I, 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 there's a huge burden lifted for me that I, I could just accept her and love her for who she is. The other thing mm-hmm. I want to bring into the conversation, that it, I was helped enormously change my relationship with death. Most uh-huh. people have a fear of death. And I think even if you don't remember actual details from a past birth, just knowing that you've been here many times before and will have a future changes your relationship with death. It's, I don't even see it as past lives. I see it as one long life with different chapters because we take with us what we've gained into the next. So we're not losing. We're just progressing. Hopefully, most people. I guess some people mm-hmm. maybe go backwards, <laughs> but not most of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I do feel like that. Um, you know, the other part of this, too, that I think you mentioned in the book is... Um, the predictive nature. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. You know, I've often been fascinated by how sometimes I will either be dreaming and find myself predicting a future time or dreaming of a future time. Like I'm not talking about like dreaming about tomorrow, like a really future time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder about the interconnection between past, present and future. Ah, that's a, that's a, that we could talk about that a lot because time disappeared for me. There were moments when 
yeah. past, present, and future all came together, and I realized that we are creating the future now. Those dreams, dreams have reality, mm-hmm. and 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 dreams are the creative process. Mm-hmm. Either they're integrating things from our current life, or bringing things from the past into our awareness, or where we we're creating this blueprint for the future. I mean, it's a yeah. changing blueprint, but it's a blueprint. Yeah, that's what I, it is. When I work with that's young I mean. people, I, I tell young people to begin to vision the future they want for themselves. If you don't, right. if you don't vision, you know, understand that visioning process, how is the future going to be created? We're going to let others create the vision for it? So it's very important for us to think positively about the future we want for ourselves and our planet. And that's creating the blueprint. Right. And I love this conversation. And yeah, you're right. We could spend the entire hour on this. The reason I love this conversation is because there are are times where, you know, I happen to be fortunate to have a stepmom that literally encouraged us kids to think about something positive before you go to bed. I mean, she would say it in her own way. And, and then we would create and imagine things. Somehow we think as we get older, that we still don't need to do that. That as the as we see our time on in this earth skin on this planet now as limited, we stop this. And I'm reading your book and I'm thinking to myself, wow, we need to present a different message today that says, no, don't stop that, right? Yes, that's right. No, visioning going to bed with a positive image will help you with that creative process. And I think that's a very important for, um, uh, message for everybody. Um, just, you know, as you're drifting off to sleep, to have positive thoughts in your head and, and even an aspiration. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, um, because it's, it's the, uh, our minds are very powerful. We, we don't realize how powerful they are. You know, and we, we have to use that mental power um, in a positive, effective way. And that's mm-hmm. part of, I think, the spiritual growth is learning how to use that mental power. Mm-hmm. This is really sort of now um, the next level to talk about with you and this short period of time we have together. I just skipped a couple breaks here. Um, we want to talk about inspiring people. Um, I, I am um, myself. I have a great team of people I work with. I just get to show up here, right? And this team is creating a positive media movement. We call it our positive uh, mojo movement. And someone turned to me and said to me, oh, my gosh, you know, how did you get to be the one to do this? Why are you doing this? You know, why? How is it? Where did you learn how to be so positive? And I thought about it for a minute. And I said, I have no idea, because if you would have known me when I was growing up as a kid, you know, my mom committed suicide when I was six. I was homeless at 17. And I'm telling you, it just wasn't pretty. How about our attitudes? Do they carry forward? You know what I'm saying? It came from somewhere in the past. And if you look back, you probably would have seen it come out in several lives. It's not, mm. it's a pattern that gets repeated. And the patterns, um, for, for them to show up, they have to have a repetition. So as I said, I saw several lives where the women's issue was an important one for me. Right. Several lives where the interfaith and peace issue it wasn't just one, because the patterns then get set into your into your subconscious, into your energy, and you take that with you. You know, the the body that comes 
that goes from one, the, the um, light body, the consciousness that goes from one physical body to the next carries those imprints. And so those imprints are what you take with you. And so that came with you from the past, that positive mm-hmm. energy. And I think what we're saying today for people, Dina, is that, you know, this is really the time to really be mindful of how you're showing up in this life. Because you said it earlier, and I can't say it enough. We have to be conscious of what we aspire to create. Not 20 years from now, although that's good. But why not hold those possibilities for 24 hours from now? Right? Oh, absolutely. And I think if one works on holding that, it will become a pattern. And it will become something that one naturally is. Mm. Your book is to these patterns. Your book is timely for the day and age we live in. It really is. I mean, it is certainly you are predestined to do this, uh, to uh, come forward and help others through your stories um, and uh, acknowledge that there are experiences we're having in this life that are not arbitrary, that they're connected. I want to ask you this last question. What can we say to folks to help them understand, see the patterns, how they're woven together, and then what to do next. I would say for each person to have some reflective time, whatever that looks like for you. doesn't have to be meditation, but some reflective time each day where you look back and you think, what would you have done differently? What would you want to, um, how would you want to take something forward in terms of a relationship? Self-examination, looking at your life and trying to bring out the more positive energy and work on the energies that are, that are not so positive uh, in order to, um, you know, create, in order to help shape your future. Think of yourself mm-hmm. as a shaper of your future, not victim to what's coming, but you are creating your future. Yeah. I, I think that this is so important as you and I both share the message of possibilities. You know, we, we share the message of possibilities with chutzpah, I think. <laughs> with chutzpah, that's right. is <laughs> <laughs> needed in our time. Right now, it's needed. <laughs> it's so needed. Dina, thank you. One last question. Okay. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? And again, give your website. The website is gpiw.org. And my, what I would like to leave everybody with is, is joy, to know that this is a, a joyful journey. No matter what you're going through now, whatever difficulties come to you, of health problems or whatever, you're going to survive it and you're going to move on and the future is going to be bright if you have a positive attitude and work through the issues that you need to work through. I love it. Uh, Dina Miriam, everyone, and I say if you've missed any part of this, please, it'll play again tonight, and you can go to Transformation Talk Radio or the Dr. Pat Show to download the podcast, My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. Thank you, Dina. Thank you so much for all that you do in the world. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Benny, for pushing all the right buttons, and thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. You are the best audience on the planet. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.